Hi, everybody. Brian Sussman here with the Another Chance Daily Devotion, and thank you for joining me. My heart has been moved to this particular scripture on this particular podcast day. John 15, verse 10. John 15, verse 10. I'm using the New King James Version. It says, and this is Jesus speaking, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Now, at a glance, that's a pretty tall order. Okay, how am I going to keep your commandments? We are speaking about Jesus. We're speaking about the Son of God. We're speaking about the one who was there when the earth was made. We're speaking about the one who was there when, when the Bible says in, in the first chapter of Genesis, let us make man and woman in our image. And, and from there, we, we find the Ten Commandments, which are beautiful in their own right, and then so many other commandments that were added unto that. My gosh, how, how do we keep those? But Jesus says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. What did Jesus mean when he said, if you keep my commandments? Now, all of this took place, remember, on the evening of his crucifixion. This was during a Passover dinner. And What's striking is, as you, for those of you who understand what the Passover dinner entails, it does entail four glasses of wine. Cheers! <laughs> but one of those glasses of wine is the cup of redemption. And when Jesus was sharing this Passover with his friends, the disciples, he, remember, he says, take this cup, and, and they take that cup of wine, which was the cup of redemption. He said, this is my blood shed for you. The, apostle, the apostles, future apostles, the disciples, the followers, those people in the room thought, my gosh, what? he's taking the cup of redemption and saying, this is my blood? poured out for you. That must have been a mind blower. And then they break the bread, which was unleavened bread. It was matzah. But the piece of bread that he used to share this moment with them, when he said, this is my body broken for you, that was the bread of affliction. And again, their mind had to be blown with these moments within that Passover dinner. And then he gives a a lengthy private teaching to these disciples. This is all, of course, in what we call the upper room. It takes place right after the Lord's announcement that one of the disciples would betray him. That would be Judas, who then left the room. And as part of the instruction, Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. The unmistakable meaning 
of this passage is that obedience to Jesus' commandments is a sign and test of our love for him. Now, we have this great advantage that the Jews of the day did not have. We have grace. We have a Savior who is able to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness, not just not just in the course of surrendering to him, but for the rest of our lives. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to fall short. And, and God does forgive us of our sins. But it's interesting to note that this is a recurring theme in the Apostle John's writings. In fact, if you go to 1 John chapter 5, it says, This is the love for God to keep his commands. Now, in that same upper room speech, sermon, talk, whatever you want to call it, John quotes Jesus saying yet again, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. So what, is, what does Jesus mean when he, see, when he says, keep my commands? What is he really saying there? Is he referring to keeping a list of the rules and laws like the Ten Commandments? Or does he have something else in mind? I look at those Ten Commandments and I'm thinking, what's wrong? What's the problem? I may not live up to the letter of that law, but my gosh, the the apostles were very, very clear. They loved the law. The words John uses in the original language are not merely to be understood as obeying a series of moral instructions. It needs to be it needs to be made known. These commands encompass all of Jesus' words and teachings. So it's not just the Ten Commandments. He's referring to everything he's been telling them for the last three years, which are the truth, which are God the Father's words. Because Jesus went on to say this, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. The Father will love him and we will come to them and make our home with them. Who's we? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. So these commands really involve the full scope of Jesus' revelation. To the Jews that believed in him, he went on to say, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Many people know the truth of God. Some of them are Jews. Some of them are Gentiles who, who grew up in church. Some of them, quite frankly, are people who have at one time committed their life to the Lord Jesus but have fallen away. They all know the truth. They just haven't allowed the truth to set them free. You see... Only those who believe and receive the truth of who Jesus is are set free. So now I ask this question. Is there something in your life that's keeping you in bondage? Jesus is the bondage breaker. Whatever it may be, and it could be a multitude of different sins, we'll call it for what it is, the Lord can set you free. 
in my experience as a follower of Jesus, I have seen the drug addict set free. I have seen the alcoholic set free. I have seen those in bondage to homosexuality and lesbianism set free. I've seen it. I have seen those who were in love with money set free. I'm just going through my mind of the people I know as I'm, as I'm saying this. This is not prepared. I've seen people with terrible health issues set free free. I've seen those with depression, anxiety, bipolar, set free. This is what Jesus does. Now, immediately after Jesus makes the statement, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. He then says this, I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. That other counselor is the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's always been there from the very beginning. But for those who have accepted Jesus as Lord, for those who have surrendered their life to him, for those who have asked him to fill their lives with the Holy Spirit, boom, You have a counselor with you forever. Now, you can choose to disobey the counselor just as you could choose to disobey any counselor. But when you live a life surrendered to him and you wake up every day and say, fill me, Holy Spirit, oh, counselor, I need you, amazing things can happen. Let me tell you how the counselor works. I have a dear friend who's a missionary in Chile. Uh, as a part of their missionary activities, they built a huge pool. It's a 25-meter pool, and they have a swim team. It's a community swim team, and they have become the best swim team in Chile. This is a Christian-based ministry. They have a pool. They have a lot of other resources for the community, but they have a pool. Chile gets a lot of earthquakes. Some years ago, there was a 9.0. My friend immediately went out to check the pool, which, by the way, they hand-dug. They hand-dug this beautiful pool. No cracks. They had an aftershock of 7.2. Cracks in the concrete surrounding the pool. They knew pipes were broken. Now, this is a ministry that doesn't have a lot of money. They wanted to fix the pipes that had been broken, but the problem was they didn't know where the broken pipes were. They had a choice. Tear up all the concrete, which would have been costly because they didn't have cement trucks. They they poured all of this concrete by hand. Or ask the counselor for guidance as to where the pipes may be. And my friend literally walked that pool deck and said, Holy Spirit, please show me where the broken pipes are. And the Holy Spirit did just that. What what a wonderful counselor. What a wonderful guide. Every place that the Holy Spirit said to him, here. Indeed, they dug up the concrete and there was the broken pipe. 
Now, here's my point. When we talk about the counselor, I'm not necessarily referring to broken pipes under a pool deck. I'm talking about the brokenness of your life. Where are you struggling? What sin has beset you? Where do you need to step up your game in terms of your following Jesus? You have a counselor that's been given to you to help you keep his commands. And of course, thankfully, as we read the scriptures, we have a model for loving Jesus. We have a model for keeping his commands. (laughs) I look at these raggedy followers of Jesus in the New Testament, people whose lives were so shoddy, and yet, my goodness, over time, they were changed. Loving Jesus is not merely a feeling, my friends. It's an active, abiding, ongoing relationship of following and obeying our loving master. What do we read in 1 John? Again, this is the Apostle John speaking. 1 John 2, 3. We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Lord, it's, it's a tall order to keep your commands, but the good news is we have a counselor who will guide us. We have the blood of Jesus that allows for forgiveness. Thank you, Father, for your Son. Thank you, Father, for your Holy Spirit. In your precious Son's name, amen. This is the Another Chance Daily Devotion. I'm Brian Sussman. More on me at briansussman.com. And remember, he's not just the God of a second chance. He's the God of another chance. And he's willing to offer you another chance today. God bless you, my friends. And God bless the United States of America. <laughs>